Hey there everyone, welcome aboard to the One Touch Talks. This is your host Mayuresh Matkar and we're done with the finals of the FIFA World Cup. We have got a winner and it is Argentina who beat France on penalties. We'll talk about everything that happened in this game. We'll talk about France being shit. We'll talk about Argentina being so very good. We'll talk about all their big players, all their clutch players. We'll talk about Lionel Messi and the debate and we'll also get into my team of the World Cup. Everything and more as we dive deep into the World Cup final. So what a final it was. I, th- I mean, it was amazing uh, as a neutral. I mean, I obviously watched it as a neutral because my teams were Brazil, Croatia and Portugal. And all the three teams were out of the competition almost. And uh, well, I had to be a neutral. I mean, I was happy for Messi. Yes. Uh, would I be happy for Kylian Mbappe? Yes. I mean, I didn't care who won, but... You know, it's good that Messi wins here. You know, it's good for Messi to have his legacy. With the, the the region from he comes, I think it's very important for him to have a World Cup. I just don't think that way. I think it's the way that it's been perceived in South America. But the thing is, you know, it was it was amazing, you know, to see Messi lift the World Cup. You know, really amazing. You know, I, I, I really loved it. I really liked the moment there, a moment for him. And I said it as well in on, on Thursday, you know, does this change my perception towards Cristiano? No, he's always gonna be the best for me, you know. That is never gonna change. So yes, I mean we'll be talking about the final today, but first of all, this was one of the best performances that I've seen from an individual. And I'm talking about Kylian Mbappe. I mean that guy carried France and we'll we'll first start from France and then we'll move on to Argentina. So This was a terrible performance I can remember from any team at this stage. I mean, you can take take a look at Champions League finals. You can take a look at the European finals and all the other Nation League finals. uh, The League League Cup finals, I mean, Copa del Rey, uh, FA Cup, Carabao Cup, Copa Italia, the FP Pokal, you know, the, the French League Cup and all those stuff. I don't care. This was by far the worst performance shown by a team for for me in a final i mean france were abysmal they, they really were i mean I, I i didn't know i mean i i have to give them the benefit of the doubt of that flu because if if not for that flu this 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 game was completely you know completely one-sided because argentina dominated the ball and and i and on probably knew it i i talked about this morocco dominated france as well in the semi-finals they had 39% of the ball in a semi-final game against Morocco of all people. And they like to sit back. They like to sit back, so pressure and maybe hit one on the counter because they have pacey players on the wings, be it Teo Hernandez, Kylian Mbappe, Usman Dembele on the right. They have got players to do that. But this was different. I, I mean, credit to Argentina there because they smothered. They literally smothered France, from all parts of the pitch, they were uncomfortable. And let's be honest, they, they, they were really, really bad. Really bad. But, you know, we'll we have to give credit to Argentina. I know, but I just can't get... I just can't wrap my head around. But th- th- this was such a bad performance by France. I mean, I cannot understand. I mean, literally Mexico and Poland played well against Argentina than France did. It was only because of the brilliance of Kylian Mbappe that they got two goals. Otherwise, this game was done. France were done. I mean, I don't know what Deschamps was thinking or what... I don't know what plans he had, but because, you know, 
he put off Turam and Randall Kolomwane in the what 40 41st minute and took off Dembélé who was who was abysmal I mean I know a lot of Barca fans I mean I have got a lot of friends who are Barcelona supporters Lionel Messi supporters who wanted Argentina to win for the first time they were pleased by watching Dembélé's performance that's how bad he was that's how abysmal Dembélé's performance was I mean I don't know but Dembélé I mean on on his day he can be one of the best players on the pitch yes but you know is he said I mean I I don't know he he was that he was really bad let's let's just keep it like that you know but again with that setup I thought this was the right thing to do Habi I think again the only players who I thought were good in this game Habio I think he took a yellow card in the first half I guess but I think he was very good for the entire team while he was on the pitch I thought Griezmann was abysmal. I thought Giroud. I I didn't see much of Giroud. He had one leap, apart from that, nothing. Um, I I don't think Kounde was good. I don't think Theo Hernandez was good. Mbappe was good. So yeah, Mbappe, Habio, to a certain extent, even uh, even Marcus Turam, I guess even Kamavinga when he came on was 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 playing well. So you know, apart from these players, other. Others, everyone was bad. Vahan didn't look fit to me at all. Again, I have to give the benefit of the doubt to to the French team because of the flu and and stuff. But you know, this this was a this was a bad display. That that really was. Again, we come to the penalty, and was that a penalty? I don't know. I mean, I'm a bit conflicted here. For the, when I saw it first, I thought that's a Stonewall penalty. But when I saw it again, I mean, I thought you know. Di Maria was always going down. He was already going down. He was already collapsing. I don't think there was much contact in there, but I think it was minimal contact. And when you have contact, just a minimal, and you know the referee points to the spot. It's very, it's very hard for the VAR to ask the the ref to go and check it out. I mean, it was still Simon Marciniak, who's who's someone who I really like because he's one who does not you know stand for any sort of mischief or rubbish things i mean he's kind of a guy who you'd want in a game between porto and atletico madrid that's the kind of a guy he is so yeah you know he is a very good very good ref i thought that was a that was a very bad decision at you know it's it's a big game you might as well want to take your time and 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 see you know go back to the monitor and just you know examine what your if there are any second thoughts in there but you know he went with this decision and well it it was a bad decision yes i thought but you know that decision and the one where marcus turam gets uh, a yellow card for simulation where i thought yeah it was a simulation it should have been a yellow card great decision by the way that 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 had much contact on the end the di maria penalty i i don't know and once he got the penalty he smashed it away didn't he leno messi He's got 12 goals in World Cup finals that that's in not World Cup finals and as in such in World Cups tournaments in the five that he's played so um a good achievement massive achievement for him um well he's 12 uh, well he's four clear of Ronaldo that's that's another stat that people are throwing at me but yeah he is and uh, yeah kudos to him he got that first goal and after that you know the more game wore on the first half the more lethargic France got to go. I mean, I was really bamboozled about what was I think, what was I watching, because that game had nothing. The tactics were a disgrace. The players were a disgrace, and 
Everything they do that they were doing were a disgrace. I mean, absolute. Only Kylian Mbappe gave me a sense that he wanted to do something. He had very less touch of the ball when he when he had the ball. There were players surrounding him. It was not very easy for him to get away. But when he did, when he didn't have the ball, he was kind of a passenger in sort of a way that you know France want to play by just pinning the ball towards him, the very far end of the pitch. I thought you know that that was sort of a sort of a right game plan. But, you know, you you give Kylian Mbappe the less chance of getting him involved in the game. They had nothing. They, they really had nothing in the entire first half. That was a bad first half display. Then again, the second half comes on. He brings in Kingsley Coman. He brings in Eduardo Camavinga. And then the change is starting to work. You know, Habio's winning more balls in the midfield. You've got Kylian Mbappe and Marcus Turam doubling up. That's three men in a line in that on that left flank with... Teo Hernandez uh, and there is Marcus Turam and there's also Kylian Mbappe just overloading that left-hand side. Good tactic there. Kingsley Coman on that right-hand side. Kunde, I mean, Kunde was bad. It was awful. It was really awful from, uh, from, from the French perspective. And so was Dyer Upamecano. Let's be honest about that. I didn't think that that decision made any sense. He was at fault for that second goal because he was jumping around quickly at Messi. You don't do that because you know how much good he is in close control and he flicks that ball up you and play another ball through where Alexis McAllister is making that run dashing around he's through on goal it's 2-1-1 on one with Kunde, and then there is Angel Di Maria on that left hand side who had a marvellous game I mean he put that ball in the back of the net it's 2-0 you're almost out of the game you, you practically are out of the game if Kylian Mbappe does not play that game you you there's no way France even get, you know, maybe Argentina get a third goal and it's 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 good night in in ninety minutes. I mean that's I mean yeah I mean I'm hearing that Argentina were very good, but it's just that the fact that France were really terrible. They, they were absolutely terrible, weren't they? And you know, it's the first time that I thought you know they, they missed the likes of Pogba, they missed the likes of Kante. And Nkunku could have given them something different. Someone like a, you know, Lucas Hernandez, who's who's got that sort of, you know, he he brings a sense of tranquility when he's in that back line. That that sort of thing that you missed from someone like a Luca Hernandez. You, I mean, I I really missed Karim Benzema. If I'm France, you you have to miss Karim Benzema there because he's someone for Real Madrid who brings the play forward. He gets down deep, links up the play with Modric with. Across and then they get the ball forward towards the wide runners like Valverde, like Carvajal, like Vinicius Jr. And that's the sort of game that he plays. There was no one bringing that game forward because, yeah, obviously, you know, who is not that kind of a striker. He's 35 years old and he's never been that mobile, but he's a good foil, but he's not going to come down deep and link up play. That's not what he does. At best, he marks the number six of the, of the opposition. That's how deep he can come. I mean, yes, he's, he's, he's a very good striker, but... You know, you, sometimes you need different traits around people. But yeah, you know, they got back into the game and then it moved on to extra time. Before that, they had a big chance with Adrian Habior where he could not convert that. I thought that would have been game set and match. And Argentina will again. I mean, this has been the theme of the, of, of, of the tournament. You know, whenever there is a team who's tried to take the initiative, who's trying to be aggressive against Argentina, they have succeeded. You look at the game against Saudi Arabia, they get boys forward, they have a passage of, what, five, six minutes, they get two goals, and that's game over for them. 
You take a look at the game against Australia. They nearly get a goal when, you know, they try to go at them for two, the last two minutes. You take a look at the game against the Netherlands. Ten minutes, the last ten minutes or twenty minutes. Netherlands play long balls in. They play crosses in with two centre-forwards in there. They capitulate. They give up two goals. You take a look at the game against Croatia for the first 30 minutes. Croatia were the better team. They kept the ball. They made Argentina uncomfortable. And what did happen? What did happen in the end? They give up a penalty, which is dubious penalty, as I said before. The penalty just changes it, changes it around. France have five good minutes of football and they get two goals themselves. Why aren't teams ready to take the initiative? Again, you know, when you do give Argentina the ball, they have the players, they can play passes around the back. They have got the runners like Di Maria, like Molina, who will give you width and they will create menace. Why, why, I, I cannot, I mean, I cannot understand for the life of me, why were France ready to take the ball when they had the initiate, when they had to take the initiative? I do not think what is, I, I, I cannot help but think what was the thinking behind it because they had the players there, you know, you never underestimate the, you know, intelligence and the ball playing abilities of someone like a Eduardo Camavinga, you know, the, it's, 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 he's, he's really amazing. Or someone like Ogelian Chouameni, because he's, he, they can play good balls through. And when you have got players who can control the midfield, you really don't need somebody else to actually, you know, be that sort of a assertive force from, from, from that midfield. Because that's what you need. You need two or three controllers of the ball. You have got pacey players put ball, to, to put balls in the box with wingers like Coleman, like um, Marcus Turam, so... You can get those things and, you know, be a good team. But that's not what I saw from them. And I was so very disappointed because, again, don't get me wrong. I mean, people might think there's a, there's, there's a dilemma. There's a kind of a, my sort of a personal vendetta against Argentina. No, that's not what I think. But I just thought that France were really poor. And I just didn't thought that that would be the way. Because when you put press on Argentina, they capitulate. That's, that, that, that is the theme of this tournament for me. But yeah, in the end, Argentina win it. And we'll have to talk about Argentina. We'll touch down upon Lionel Messi in the end. But, you know, Argentina, we have to talk about them. Well, first of all, congratulations and credit to Lionel Scaloni because this is not an easy job. Let's be honest about it. Argentina, all these South American teams, Brazil, Uruguay, they're not an easy job. I mean, people have a lot of expectation. And I mean, a lot. It's, you know, it is not as much as we compare it to the European jobs of some of the European teams like Belgium, France and Spain and all these other maybe someone like in Italy or Germany can be an exception to it but you know this job is not very easy it's it's a high pressure job you you have the microscopic lenses on for from all the areas of the pitch and again you have got Lionel Messi in your team so by default or by design you need to perform and that's how this game is based and I think Lionel Scaloni did a magnificent job. He he really did. And uh, the way he, you know, made use of all the resources that he had at his disposal. The, the, the likes of the back three, whenever he wanted to play a back three, he played a back three. He made the right use of a player like Enzo Fernandez. And again, you know, these players like Enzo Fernandez and Julian Alvarez, th there should be a thank you letter given to someone like a Marcelo Gallardo because... He's the guy who nurtured these players. He is the guy who made these two players. And these two players 
have arguably be one, been one of the what we, the, these two players are easily in the top five reasons of why Argentina, you know, won the World Cup. You know, Enzo Fernandez, the way he's taken the place of Leandro Paredes in that midfield, you know, playing in that number six role, he's done everything right. He does not look like a 22-year-old, does he? I mean, he's a fantastic player. And I've been saying this for a couple, couple of months, but that, you know, he's a fabulous player. He's always been very impressive for Benfica whenever he's played not just in the league against Porto and all these guys, but in the Champions League as well. He's he's amazing to have as a player. He he definitely will be moving out of Benfica next season. I mean, that's what I think. Maybe I, just, I do think that he needs to stay at Benfica for a year and then see what his options are. But I think, you know, I think when the, if, if there are offers, if there are, you know, people who are ready to pay the money, he will go. And I think that would be the thing that, you know, entices a team like Benfica to, you know, maybe get some cash for him. But he's been amazing, hasn't he? And I'm looking forward to see a lot of him when it comes to Benfica. I hope he does not go to a bit to a bigger team. I mean, obviously it's not gonna be a team like Wolves from Premier League or a team like Sevilla or Villarreal who are gonna bunt on him. It's probably gonna be a bigger team like Liverpool who are interested or showing interest. Maybe a team like or a Barcelona who need a uh, replacement for Sergio Busquets, who's definitely going to leave this summer. and uh, Or even, you know, maybe teams like Atletico Madrid, if they need someone. I mean, he's he's a kind of a guy who will suit Atletico Madrid because he's got a he's got a very light fuse. He's, got a, he's very short-tempered. He gets into tackles very easily. You know, maybe Juventus if they want him. So there are many opportunities for him, you know. He'll he'll have a lot of suitors coming on and lining up for him. He's a wonderful midfielder. You know, someone like a Julian Alvarez as well, who's been amazing for Argentina. The way he's fit into that system, it's not easy to take the place of someone like a Lautaro Martinez, who's such an accomplished name in uh, in European football right now. But you know, he's done that brilliantly, hasn't he, Julian Alvarez? He's he's an amazing player, and I always said that I I really like him, and I hope he plays more. At Man City, I mean, he can play as a, as a left winger in Pep's system with him, Haaland, Foden as a front three. That that really looks tasty with the likes of De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, Rodri in that midfield three. I mean, that 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 really is a tasty lineup. I don't know if uh, Pep would actually entertain that, but you know, he's someone who who would give his life on the pitch, and that's what I've seen. Whatever I've seen of uh, you know uh, of Julian Alvarez, you know that that really that that really says a lot about him because when I've seen him at River Plate, when I've seen him at Man City, or even in Argentina in this World Cup, he's been amazing. He he really has been. Um, a massive shout out, by the way, to Angel Di Maria. The way he played, this guy hasn't been good. This guy has been a disaster, to be honest. Against uh, uh, not against, but for Juventus this season. He's only, he was only here to be fit for the World Cup, and he wasn't fit for the World Cup. He was only fit for the final, and he he was amazing. He, he really was. I mean, he 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 really had Usman Dembélé on toast. He he did. I mean, Dembélé, we all know, is not a good defender, but he does give up an effort. So, um, yeah, I mean, he he was bad, Dembélé, but you know. In a way, you know, Di Maria made complete use of it, and and it was so many times that you know Messi found him. Uh, in the end, you know, he also scored a goal. He's always scored a goal in the final for uh, for Argentina, be it the Copa America final, the finalissima against Italia, 
or even the final against France, he, he's he's done it all. I mean, he's he was also the goal scorer in that four three loss uh, against France in the twenty eighteen World Cup. So he he's done that before. He's a magnificent player, isn't he? When he's on song, but I mean, I have my complaints against him, but you know, he's he's a good player, and I and I think you know. He deserved it. I mean, I think the way he played, I think he deserves all the plaudits for it. Uh, moving on to another player who I thought was outstanding uh, in this game was uh, Nahuel Molina. I've always thought that he was a disaster at Atletico Madrid, and yes, he was. But he, he's 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 had to turn a corner. He had to turn into the player that everyone thought, that everyone knew that he was at Udinese. And he's done that. He's done that brilliantly. He's a magnificent fullback. I think, again, you know, you could uh, argue that is he the right guy to play for Atletico Madrid? But yeah, I mean, in a way, that, that's a valid argument. But in the end, you have to you have to agree to the fact that, you know, he's he's been amazing for Argentina and he's always been the guy who's showed up for Argentina. And again, you know, he's, he's he was amazing. I, I loved every bit of it. Uh, some again a shout out to Emi Martinez. You know, again a guy that I don't like, but he was amazing. His performances were amazing. He made that wonderful save. I mean, that save will go down in history books, like the save from uh, Iker Casillas on Arjen, uh, on Arjen Robin in that 2010 final. That that save is amazing, and that save will go down. You no, know, the the penalty save from Petr Cech, you know, in the 2012 final in Bayern Munich. Uh, against Bayern Munich in the Champions League, that that was an amazing save from the on the from the penalty spot. You know this save from uh, Emi Martinez. Th- these are all massive, massive saves. I mean, Courtois in twenty 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 two against Liverpool. I mean, these are some things that you don't you know. Th- these are onto the history books. And Emi Martinez, that that was amazing save. That that really was an amazing save. He had nothing to do in the entire game. And that that was game set and match. That that was already game over. There was thirty seconds after uh, after the after the additional time of the second half of extra time was over, and that would have been, that. And if that would have gone in, it was game over for Argentina, for France, for everyone. You know, but yeah, you know, you have to say, you know, that was a magnificent save. And then again, on penalties, he's been very good. But the thing is, my 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 argument here is that penalties in this World Cup have been awful. You take a look at Spain, you take a look at Brazil, I mean not Brazil, I mean that was a very small sample size with, you know, Marquinhos' penalty was good, you know, it was just hit, it just hit the post. I think Japan, Spain, I thought were bad, you know, Netherlands, in a way, I think, again, you have to give credit to Amy Martinez there, but... Yes, you know, if you look at oh, again, there have been arguments of uh, the French penalty takers. I mean, who do, who could have they put on as a penalty? I mean, they they the the eleven that was on the pitch when the second half of extra time went off. I, I'm correct me if I'm wrong here. It was Hugo Lloris in goal, who's not a good penalty. Who's not good on penalties. He's a good goalkeeper, but he's not good on penalties. So Hugo Lloris is one. You had Desailly. Uh, I'm, I'm not not Desai, but Disasi and uh, Konate and Upamecano and Kamavinga. That was your back four: Konate, Kamavinga, Upamecano, and Disasi. In the midfield, you have Chuameni and Fofana, and then the front front four: were Mbappe, Marcus Turam, uh, Randall Kolomwani, and Kingsley Coleman. Th- these were the four guys who were played who were playing up front. 
So Coleman is a. I mean, Mbappe took one. That's that. That's very easy to get out of the way. Coleman had to take one because he's an experienced guy. Among those players who were in that, in that, in that eleven, he took one and he missed. Or not missed, but he was saved. It was a good save by Amy Martinez. Then the penalty was uh, taken by Chuameni, who is not an experienced guy. Let's be honest, but you can some, somewhere down the line, an, ex, an experienced player has to take that penalty. And who other player do you think could have taken it? I mean, maybe Upamecano, but Chuameni. I mean, it's it's very similar. Chuameni, Upamecano, they're not very experienced in, in either. You know, maybe they could have had someone like a Benjamin Pavard to come on in and see what what could happen but you know I, I don't think they had much many choices there Rangel Kuala Mwane took the uh, took the fourth penalty he dispatched it but that's about it I, I thought you know the way the way the France penalties were shaped up that they were not good Hugo Lloris was never good on penalties let's be honest he might have saved one or two I mean I don't remember many but I, I still think He's not good on penalties. Yeah, I remember one, the penalty save against Man City in the Champions League. The quarterfinals at home, yeah, the first leg at home, the crazy game which ended level and, you know, Tottenham went through on away goals when Pochettino was their manager. You know, you might remember three years ago. Yes, it was three years ago. So, you know, that game was somewhat like that and, uh, you know, and he saved a penalty back then. I don't have any more memories of him saving a penalty, but he's been awful. I mean, you look at Argentina's penalties. I thought Messi's Messi's penalty was very close. It it was very close, and he he did play the mind game there. He was just a bit too you know he was a bit too short to not take that down, and he could not save it. Um, other penalties, I think uh, the first one was Messi. The second one was DiBala. Dybala's penalties was good. I just thought I might be the trailing leg who could catch it. But no, Dybala's penalty was very good. Who's the third one? I, I can't remember the, who, who the third one was. I I think it was uh, Montiel. Or no, Montiel took the fourth. Third one was Paredes. Yeah, I think the third one was Paredes and fourth one was Montiel. I mean, yeah, this is a good penalty lineup, but... I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it, it wasn't really that, you know, it, it wasn't that really convincing. Let, let's say that Let's say that way. And uh, I thought, you know, in the end, Argentina won it. And again, credit goes to Ebi Martinez. Fabulous penalty player. Fabulous player on penalties. He's done well. He's a world champion now. Now he's going to go back and play in the... Uh, in in the relegation scrap in in the rele- in the relegation scrap with uh, with Aston Villa that's how it is i mean that's that's life for you and then there is Lionel Messi i mean come on we cannot end this podcast without talking about Lionel Messi the so-called greatest of all time for some people not for me really i mean obviously um but yeah you know he is one of the greatest of all time he isn't he i mean he's been a wonderful player for 15 years and counting He's been amazing for Argentina. He's been amazing for Barcelona. Not much for PSG, uh, obviously, and for good reasons. But yeah, he's been an amazing player, isn't he? He's he he was being targeted. He's always been center of attention alongside Ronaldo, obviously, because he is. This this is the era. I mean, let's be honest. It's not Messi's era. It it, it was like 
Maradona's era, it was R9's era, it was the era of Johan Cruyff, before that it was Pelé, you know, all these other guys. But this is not just one man's era. I think, I think if, even if Ronaldo win, had won the World Cup, it wouldn't have been the era of uh, only Cristiano Ronaldo. It would have been, it, it always is going to be the era of Messi and Ronaldo. I mean, 50, 100 years on from now, you're not going to say that Messi was, this, this era was defined by Messi winning the World Cup. No. These last 15 years were defined by the rivalry of Messi and Ronaldo. And let's be honest, any Barca fan or any Messi fan or anyone who supports Argentina wouldn't have been in love with Messi more if it was not for Ronaldo. You know, it's, it's, it's just like that. I love Cristiano Ronaldo. You all know that. I am a diehard fan. I mean, I'm probably the biggest fan of Ronaldo you'll ever see. More than I show speed. I mean, let's be honest here. Uh, but yes, uh, you, you would always listen to me saying good things about Messi. That's, that's what I love about this game. I'm not trying to be sugarcoating here, but, you know, Messi is someone who I've always looked up to as an individual, as a player. I mean, it's remarkable how crafty he is, how, you know, he's, he's got that sort of a silky smooth touch. He's always good in tight spaces. And so he, he's got kicked so many times, but he hardly gets injured. He looks at his fitness as well. It's not easy to be Messi. Let's be honest about it. He plays plays for Argentina. He played for Barcelona, but there's a lot of pressure and he's excelled at that. And that is an amazing achievement in itself. You know, obviously, I like Ronaldo. I'm, I'm always going to be the guy who will put Ronaldo over any other player in, in, in my lifetime. And that's what I think it is. I mean, we all make our choices and I think we are a blank slate when we watch football, when we start watching football, unless and until you've got a guy who's always been out there on roads with you when you're walking and he's saying, you know, just watch Messi, you love it and you try to cultivate things. But when you watch football on your own and you try and develop interest in the game, just like I did, you know, I had a clean slate in my mind when I started watching football in 2007 and it was... It was for me that when I saw Ronaldo, I, I fell in love with the guy. I, I, I liked what I saw there, and I, I, I was very much, you know, and I, I was very deeply moved by the emotion that a player can have. I mean, obviously, Lionel Messi was one, but you know, I started watching a lot of Premier League football at first, and then you know, the focus started shifting from Premier League and La Liga, and then I started watching a lot of Bayern Munich as well. Serie A and Liga just come came after that, but. Yes, it's 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 been that kind of thing for me. When I saw Ronaldo, I fell in love with him. I I started idolizing him. I started he was he was my favorite sports person of all time and that that's how it happened. You know, that's what that's how it happens for most of us. You know, it's um again with the people saying is the debate over? It's is it was there ever any debate? And again, I I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a preference, you know. How do you like to see football? Ronaldo is kind of a showboat. He's kind of... He's, he's not a guy who, who everybody loves. I mean, let's be honest. In general public concerns, where you have people talking, you, you wouldn't see many people saying that Ronaldo is better than Messi. Yeah, because you know, not many people like the way Ronaldo shows about, the way he's presenting himself around. I, for one, do like. I think he suit, it suits his personality. He is 
very charismatic and he is very much he, he is who he is and he's successful because who he is and with Messi it is not like that he's much more of a humble guy I mean we've seen a very angry Messi at times this World Cup but you know that does not come naturally to him does it I mean he's 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 like that so you know, it's it's good that Messi's won the World Cup. I, I don't think that that changes anything for a lot of people. I think the people who are saying that the debate is over already had Messi ahead of Ronaldo. I have not heard anyone say that, you know, Ronaldo and Messi are on, on uh, you know, equal bearing. And then, you know, when Messi wins the trophy, you know, Messi's ahead of him. I mean, again, you know, all these people who are saying that Messi is better than Ronaldo, they didn't really say this, didn't really have the conversation when... Ronaldo had won the Euros and he had more Champions League trophies than Lionel Messi. By that time, the debate was still going on. And now all of a sudden, when Messi's won the World Cup, the debate is over. That's how I think I see things. But yes, you know, that's that's a valid point, according to me. And it's just me talking, so you need to hear this out. So that's how it is. Is the debate over? I don't think so. It, was there ever any debate? I guess there was. It's down to your perception. It's down to your thinking and how you like football. And that's what I think it comes down to. I've always loved Lionel Messi. And yeah, when he, whenever he's played for Barcelona, I hoped he loses. And that's what you do. I mean, if you're a Manchester United fan, you always hope that Liverpool loses. If you are a Man City fan, you always hope Manchester United loses. That's how life works. If you're a Milan fan, you always hope Juventus lose. You always hope Inter lose. If you're a Napoli fan, you, you always hope that everyone loses. If you're a Roma fan, you hope Lazio loses. If you're a Bayern Munich fan, you hope. I mean, you hope that you get all the good players from Bundesliga. That's how it is. You know, it's 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 football. It's funny. And, you know, people think that, you know, I'm, I'm a Real Madrid fan. Yes, I am. Do I am am I gonna be as full of hatred towards Messi? No, it's it's not like that. That's now how life works for me. You know, he's an incredible player. It's good that he's got a World Cup. I already said that he needs the World Cup for his legacy. Not that I not that I think that he that this World Cup changes anything for him. I think he's still one of the best in the world. He'll always be the best in the world. For people, you know, I, I think this dis discussion is down to only Argentinians what they think about them. I think Messi is something that has come to them after, you know, it's 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 kind of a divine gift to God, from, from God himself. Maraona was just God. Him, I mean, this is a gift. Messi is a gift from God and Maraona is God himself. That's how I, I spoke to an Argentinian friend of mine and he said that. And uh, yeah, I mean, that that's sort of the way that you can look at it. I mean, if you talk to... If if you're 2021 20, and you talk to your dad and you would say who is better, Messi or Maradona, he would say Diego Armando Maradona. That that that's how it is. You know, there is these stupid people like you know ESPN and all these other guys. You know, is Messi better than Maradona if he wants the World Cup? Is Messi better than Pele? All these other guys. Yeah, I mean, I I cannot you know I, I cannot stress on this fact, but because. I mean, people don't consider Ronaldo even in there. I mean, you you would say I mean I'm dragging this topic because of, because of Ronaldo and again, but Ronaldo. If if people say Ronaldo is not even in the top five and stuff like that, people have R nine over Ronaldo. Obviously, yes. In terms of talent, yeah. In terms of stats, in terms of longevity, in terms of what he's shown on the pitch, in terms of his prime. 
I think Ronaldo eclipses him, eclipses him all day long. You know, I think he's still Ronaldo. Ronaldo Nazario is still the you know most talented footballer that I've ever seen. I've seen clips of his. And I think he's more talented than Messi himself. But did we see the best of R nine ever? I don't think so. You know, the best was there, but for a very limited period of time. Messi and Ronaldo do eclipse that. Uh, that that's 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 clearly what I think. Um, but yeah, you would always have you know discussions about this debate and everything. If you're a Barca fan, if you're a Messi fan, you'll always have Messi up. For for people like me who are Real Madrid fans who always idolize Ronaldo, you know, wear his underwear and stuff like that. I mean, you're always gonna be for Ronaldo, and it doesn't matter. I I, I don't think you know. This World Cup is going to change my perception. He was always one of the best in the world. He, he always was around the top two, top three players of all time. And he's always going to be there. Let's be honest about it. You know, he, he does some things that, you know, no no player in the history of the world could have done. Maybe Maraona himself, but we don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult. I mean, there have been players, you know, I mean, with Ronaldo, it, it's, it's very difficult. There have been players who have been incredibly good in their careers and they haven't won a World Cup. You, talk, you, take, you take a look at Johan Cruyff. You take a look at someone like a Daniel Mal, like Maldini, you know, he, he didn't win a World Cup. Obviously, as successful as Italia were, he didn't win a World Cup. He didn't win in 2006. He didn't win it in 1990. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's very subjective. It is very, you know, it's, it's kind of a harsh reality at times, but it is what it is. And at the end, you need to buckle down. You need to sink it in and see what can happen because, you know, things, things do change and things do change for the greater good. I think um, the, way, uh, the, the way Messi and Ronaldo have been entertaining us, it, it's, it's, been, it's been amazing. And I think, you know, you have to say, you know, thank you for both of them for in, for entertaining us. And again, you know, congratulations, hardly congratulations from a Ronaldo fan, by the way, to Lionel Messi. He deserves it. He deserves all the joy in the world. They're right now in Buenos Aires. I don't know, Buenos Aires, Rosario, I don't know where they are, but they're celebrating uh, the victory of Argentina and they deserve it. They, they richly deserve it. By the way, I want to spare a thought for killing Mbappe. I have been... Uh, Cutting some, cutting him some slack, and I have been, uh, I have been criticizing him, but that's what that's for the uh, for the for the reasons that were justified, the reasons that I didn't like. You know, he wanted to play, he wanted a strike, he didn't want to play with Neymar, he didn't want this, that, and the other deals and stuff like that. Behaving like a crybaby when he does not get the pass from Vitinha, stuff like that. I I really don't like it, but you know. He he's 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 some player. He he really is some player. And you, I think you can see. And I've said this two or three times in the show that you can see a gl- the glimpse of R nine in him. And it's 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 remarkable what he's what he's achieved at this age. I mean, he could have been a two time World Cup winner. That that's amazing. That's amazing what he's what what he is as a player. So yeah, I mean, he is he he, he did everything that he could have done. I mean. World Cup hat final uh, hat trick in the final of the World Cup. That's amazing. That that really is amazing. You know, you you don't get better than this. And in the end, he was on the losing side. It was a one man show from them. You know, all along. I thought again. I said Habior was good. I think uh, even some other players like uh, Chouameni at at some extent, or even uh, Kingsley Coman when he came on. 
they were good, but I think Mbappe was just different gravy. And I don't understand why did Lionel Messi get the get get the man of the match award, and why not Mbappe did get it? I don't know. I mean, it's 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 really. It's really bad, you know, it's really bad how these Man of the Match awards are being discussed. But yeah, you know, some player, you know, brilliant performance by Kylian Mbappe. Uh, moving on to uh, my team of this tournament, and I've prepared a team for me, for myself. You know, I've got 11 players who, ha- for me, have been amazing in their position. So let's start. It is going to be... Uh, it it was a choice that I had to make, and I'm going with Dominic Levakovic in goal. I also had Chesney in there, Emi Martinez, or Yasin Bono, but I'm going with Dominic Levakovic. I think he was very good. I think he's got the perfect package, and he will start for me in goal. At left-back, I've got Teo Hernandez. I was thinking of Acuna, but he didn't start in the final. It was instead, it was Tagliafico. So, you know, he only started until the quarterfinals, so I'm not going to keep him in. So Teo Hernandez as my one left back. The other centre back options are going to be Guvadiol and Romain Saiz. At right back, it is going to be Hakimi. I think you all know why Romain Saiz is in there. He was a warrior. I mean, he was amazing. Whenever he played, I mean, he played almost the whole entire of uh, the Portugal game, and uh, he was also present for the uh, for the game against. Uh, for for the for the game against uh, Croatia, yeah, you know, thank you for helping me out. At right back is Hakimi Guardiol. You all know, I think he was by far the best player by the young player of the tournament. I mean, I don't know why Enzo Fernandez got it, but yeah, Guardiol there, uh, Hakimi at right back. My three midfielders are Azadine Unahi. Then there is Sofia Amrabat. I don't think I need to explain why Unahi and Amrabat are there. At the third midfielder for me. Is going to be Alexis Macalista. He's been amazing. He really has been amazing for Argentina. Going into the top four, into the Mbappe, Lionel Messi. Uh, well, no surprises there. And the other one is going to be Olivier Giroud. I was thinking of Julian Alvarez and Olivier Giroud. But finally, I'm going with Olivier Giroud. And we'll see what happens. So that's it from me today. That's the end of the World Cup podcast. And we are going to come back next weekend when we review the uh, return of club football. So for until then, uh, be sure to check into my other podcast. It is it is One Touch Talks. It's available on Apple, Google, Apple Talk. I mean, Spotify, whatever you want. I mean, it's available there. You know, Castbox, whatever the hell you want to listen to your podcast on. And then uh, do follow me on Instagram. It is w e e k l y dot p o. I mean, sorry, w e e k l y p o d dot ott and on twitter it is w-e-e-k-l-y-p-o-d underscore ott do follow me there do follow me on twitter as well so this was your host mayuresh matka thank you very much and we will meet you at uh, on on after the weekend after the after the next weekend so yeah stay tuned until then cheerio